Hi everyone, Jake here from the Red Shirts team. Uh, just a little note for you guys to let you know that unfortunately there were some technical problems during the recording of our Halloween special and the first half of audio from my end uh, has disappeared spookily, some might say. Uh, so we're going to present you with the best that we can manage to edit together from what we do still have. So you're getting in true Halloween special style a sort of Frankenstein's monster of an episode this week. Um, all you need to know uh, is that we're uh, talking about a film called Incubus from 1966 starring William Shatner. Uh, that is Batshit Crazy. So without further ado, please enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Red Shirts Halloween Special, or should I say Dread Shirts Halloween Special. I'm your host, Jake O'Lantern Donaldson, and I'm joined by my comedian co-hosts, Maddie, Abandon Hope, all ye who enter here, Church House, and Nathan, you must be this tall to ride, Thomas. Without further ado, let's engage. <laughs> That was good. Halloween, Halloween. The chant is happening again. Halloween, Halloween. Um, I just, it's just, it's, it's just a bit of a crap holiday, and I had no one to trick or treat with when I was a child. Oh, like it's not Halloween's fault. Uh, Well, it is a bit Halloween's fault, but it's, it's mostly, it's mostly dickhead kids' fault. Um, and then also my my cousin's birthday is also on Halloween, so if I was going to do anything, I'd do that. And then it'd be like, I don't know. I I, I, I try... Uh, when I was a kid, like, Halloween was just the best day of the year. Like, I, like even now as an adult, I don't know, you know, I, I'm always torn between which I, like, enjoy more, Halloween or Christmas. But I just remember as a child, I used to... um. I lived in Berlin, and what we would do is we'd get dressed to go trick-or-treating. We'd then drive to this suburb where all of the Americans in Berlin live. Don't ask me why, that's just a thing. And every single house would be, like, decked to the absolute nines with just, like, crazy shit. There'd be, like, corpses hanging from the trees. There'd be, like, gravestones popping up in people's yards, and you'd, like, walk up to the front door, and the door would slam open, and there'd be, like, flashing lights and a silhouetted person, like, <laughs> and then they'd like give you a cauldron of spaghetti to like stick your hands in and you'd be pulling out eyeballs and oh my god it was amazing see, see, so that is the joy i want to recreate that now as an adult so today i went to wilco's and i spent 50 pounds on halloween decorations don't tell Alex. jesus christ <laughs> see we didn't have that we had some shitty cotton wool pretending to be spider's web <laughs> and Love it. like Someone would put a cape on and that was Dracula. Like, you know, <laughs> I know I, I, the LARPing I do the rest of the year is better than the Halloween costumes <laughs> that I see. <laughs> to be fair, as someone who now lives in Gateshead, when I was hanging up the dead skeleton dementor thing that's now hanging outside my door and a load of paper jack-o'-lanterns and a, and a, and a fluffy raven and some other things that I got from Wilco's. <laughs> I heard a child behind me walk past and say, Ugh, Mummy, why would you do that to your front door? That's so fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Oh, I, I have got one good Halloween experience, actually. Uh, mostly because this speaks to the nerdiness of academics. So I live in Durham now, and that, that, be, that I came there for university stuff, and the reaction of a town largely colonised by posh uh, uni lecturers and uh, uh, students to Halloween was, oh, well, that's quite enough of that, thank you. Um, <laughs> but there was, a, there was a guest lecture that I went to. Get, there were three speakers, and they each had done a special Halloween-themed bit of research for this uh, lecture. So one was on the history of witchcraft, one was on the um, sociology of zombies and necromancy and undead was really common social thing but the best one was the epidemiologist 
um, who goes, so I've been on the supercomputer and mirrored a zombie plague and here are the results. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's like, so here is what happens if, so, cause we can put, uh, we can model a lot of different, uh, plagues. Um, so I've put in a plague that is spread by close physical contact, in this case, biting. Of course, the really interesting thing about a zombie plague is that unlike most plagues, it doesn't stop spreading when the person is dead. In fact, it gets worse. <laughs> and it was like very excited describing the murder of all humanity that's amazing that makes me so happy when when i was at school and i like asked if we could put up some halloween decorations in our form room the deputy headmistress because i went to a christian school said in deadly seriousness that halloween is a festival of the devil and (laughs) and if you celebrate halloween you will be calling satan down upon you (laughs) That is not the way to discourage a school child, though, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, do we have to actually mention the film now? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, we're not even... We're not even talking about Star Trek this week. (laughs) It's also available for free on YouTube, so anyone who's interested in, like, watching along with all of our comments, just just go Google it straight away and enjoy. I will warn you not to... Actually, don't watch along though, because if you if your attention is divided at all while watching this film, you will immediately have lost it. <laughs> yeah, it is technically a film, which is something they could put on the box. Um, <laughs> uh, right, plot summary time. We open with a sleepy vo- village, foresty type area. Um, I will warn all listeners now that uh, as it's quite bad footage, there is a. Solid gold chance that my um, assumption of what any object on screen actually is <laughs> is different to my two co-hosts and any of you that decide to watch this film. I'm not going to encourage you to watch this film, but if you should decide to do so, then, you know, just be aware this plot summary may or may not spoil things. Anyway, it's apparently near an ancient deer well with healing waters. Um... And apparently people also get beauty from the waters as well as health. Um, and the uh, narrator immediately drops the word succubi into casual conversation. Um, and uh, then we see a man drinking water. Uh, he also uh, asks a floating weirdo in a tree uh, if the... <laughs> Literally, though she is. The, she, she appears to be floating and... There's no context for who she is or what their relationship is. He just turns to her and asks if it worked. The lady asks him about wine. Turns out the man has forgotten his name. Oh, what a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> the man chases the... Uh, the man chases the woman and he falls over in an incredibly crap way. She then offers to swim with him naked, which is a solution, I guess. A wild sequence in which the the woman tells the man to go into the sea and I think he is drowning in maybe two centimetres of water and then the lady puts her her foot on his head just to really make sure. Um, The woman buries him and some robed people arrive and they chat about the man's souls for a bit because why not? Uh, The first woman, the floating weirdo referred to earlier, is actually called Kia. And she is fairly bored with drowning sinners and sending uh, them to hell. What an ungrateful woman. It sounds like a flexible job with a decent rate of pay and such. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, she's not happy with that. Her powers are being wasted. Um, So um, she tells her sister that she wants to find someone who is basically a saint and corrupt them. Her sister warns that such people have powers beyond demonic understanding. Um... Uh, Kia wanders around for for a bit and some religious iconography is on display which seems to mildly bother her uh, and she stalks around churches in a way that should definitely attract some fucking attention. Um, anyway, turns out um, William Shatner is going to Magic Waterland with another lady. Uh, his character is called Mark and is a soldier with some battle injuries which he didn't get adequately seen to in a field hospital so he's now going to the Magic Waterland. Uh, Kia follows him around and her sister appears to tell her off but Kia decides to approach Mark and begins to talk shit to him for a bit and acts all weak and ill Mark seems a little concerned so gives her a blanket Uh, Mark then explains that the other lady is his sister called Arndis 
Um, uh, they talk for a bit as an eclipse happens, and Mark tells Kia not to blind herself. And literally, before the next plot beat, I wrote, because who would be stupid enough to just gaze at the sun? Anyway, Kia convinces Mark to come to the sea as the sister stares at the sun and blinds herself <laughs> like a fucking spanner. Like, literally, she is in the back of the shot when Mark says... Don't look at the sun. And also, not looking at the sun should be a thing that people know. I haven't heard uh, the word spanner used in conversation since 2012. I, I use it a lot. Well, she is acting in like a proper spanner. Um, Mark seems to... Uh, uh, I've lost where I am. Uh, sun and blinds herself. Yeah, this literally happens immediately after Mark leaves. She runs into a fence and falls over because that's how blind people work. Um, apparently, uh, demons are like cats. This is a line that is said as Mark and Kira piss about in the sea. Kia, sorry. Mark and Kia snog after this. After snogging, Mark's literal first thought is, we ought to build a fire. Uh, (laughs) Kia tries to convince the two of them to shag, but he refuses because he is a good Christian boy. Uh, They talk about not having sex in the most 60s possible manner for a while. Meanwhile, um, Andis is still scrabbling around in confusion and Mark and Kia are in the grass. So he does the only sensible thing as she falls asleep and kidnaps her. Um, He takes Kia to the cathedral because earlier she said that that was where she came from. And it seems like this will not be good for the demon. Um, The sister demon and and Andis find each other and have a strange discussion to pad out the runtime. Predictably, the woman sees a picture of a man on a cross and becomes real unwell and does a violence to Mark to escape. The demon sister rescues Kia and the two begin to plan revenge for the evil act of going to the place that she said she was from. Oh, (laughs) she's been all defiled by church and love. Uh, They decide to unleash an incubus as the solution to this problem. Uh, Mark talks some crap in the church for a bit, confessing his love. And Ardis is apparently chill. Like, I genuinely don't know if she's still blind or not. Um, The demon sisters begin to summon the incubus for revenge, and a suitably sexy man appears, and they ask him to avenge them. Weirdness happens for a while, and Mark seems to wake up to a ghostly voice calling him. Andis looks a little worse aware, and Mark decides, ah, whatever, that's probably fine, and wanders after the voice that she can't hear. And due to 60s black and whiteness, I'm not even sure what time of day this is supposed to be. I'm assuming the night. Uh, this means that Arnis is all, all alone and the incubus appears. Uh, she can't see, so she must actually be blind. Uh, she gets easily tricked into going with the incubus. The incubus throws her to a group of cloak figures, which seems to strip her and he strips off and attacks her. Um, I think there is some rape and murder going on. Um, meanwhile, Mark... <laughs> Meanwhile, Mark is near the beach and acting all weird. Mark returns home and finds things a little bit of a mess. The demons lurk and watch on as the incubus appears with the almost dead body of Arndis. Mark and the incubus fight in choreography, which uh, clearly inspired Shatner's later work on the original series. (laughs) And uh, Kia seems a little upset about the fight. They want Mark to murder the incubus and he very quickly obliges... Uh, Kia asks Mark to come away with her. Mark responds with massive drama about hell and the sun and other such bullshit. Mark hears the cathedral bell and goes to save his soul rather than give it to Kia. The demons forge their way ahead and Mark finds a big cross of extreme usefulness and begins to pray. Uh, Kia professes love to Mark and then the resurrected incubus turns into a goat (laughs) and and attacks. That is a sentence this movie has forced me to say. I repeat that. Kia professes love to Mark and the resurrected incubus turns into a goat and attacks. (laughs) Mark and Kia crawl towards each other after she throws off the goat because you know a goat is not a practical attack animal. And then it just ends. (laughs) Spooky. Oh my. But I thought, look, I thought what we were getting was a B movie, a horror B movie. Like a, like a cheesy, like Hammer House of Horror style, ridiculous 60s movie starring William Shatner, maybe getting his shirt ripped off and getting you know, roughed up a bit 
to look kind of handsome and attractive and, you know, attractive blonde woman screaming and running away from some incubus that was going to do some sexy, murderous things. And what we got was a fucking goat. <laughs> I mean, it's an incubus, so it is quite literally a fucking goat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't... I didn't... That is fair. Like, I'm. it's always hard to judge non-remastered, older... Star Trek episodes and films like this, because you 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 can never say is it good for its time or bad for its time, just because you're not that connected to it. And a lot of what we see of older stuff now has had some kind of digital tampering. So, I mean, this film, even just being uploaded at you to YouTube, will have had some process to because you know it won't be in a digital file format now. Um, thank God for the internet that means <laughs> films like this could live on forever. Um, <laughs> like it's not, it's not terrible. In I even think the first like third is all right. Like the setup, just like I actually quite like the opening sequence where you get the succubus like finding the man and taking him away and then you see William Shatner and the setup with the sister and the and Kia it's just that then the film does not put on the brakes and everyone seems to have a way too high level of unearned feeling like can you imagine if this film had been longer and they'd had like at least half an hour of Kia and Shatner interacting and maybe like Shatner starting to do, which is if what you would do in the B-horror B movie version of this, where Shatner starts to be like, people keep vanishing when they come for healing water. I wonder what why that is. And starts like Sleepy Hollow style investigation. Um, like yeah. if it was written by, like it was actually a flipping horror movie, which is what it's supposed to be. Instead, it's some weird, like, magical realism bullshit where everyone everyone talks in grand sweeping statements and it's like, I come from the swamp over the hill. Like, wh what the fuck are you talking about? Where do you live? Like, well, that, or, that ah, I think look is... at the sky, my dear. We have spent the night together. I'm like, you have known her for 10 minutes, William. The, Ten minutes. The, I think that's partially to do with how Esperanto is translated into English, though, because Esperanto being designed to be a language that everyone can learn easily um, often foregoes lots of connecting words and lots of nouns, ah. uh, like proper nouns, so okay. that you have generalised statements, because it's meant to <clears throat> ease communication between people who don't share a mother tongue. It's not really meant to be a language that everyone everywhere will ever speak forever. But, right. Okay. Uh, on that but note... That, but the Esperanto was a choice, so it's still fair to criticise it. Yeah, like, the dialogue is just abominable. Yeah. And I like I can I can almost forgive it when Kaya or Kia is talking to her demon sister and it, and and speaks in these grand terms like like she has you know she goes on some speech about how she doesn't want like to to drag another sinner to hell she says like i want to find a man to corrupt to make him rave and howl and bleed and weep and i'm like oh yes that sounds sexy i'd like to see shanna <laughs> being corrupted and howling and bleeding and weeping and i i understand that okay she's a succubus she talks like that why on earth do marco polo and his sister wife talk like that there is no reason. And and also, on the note of Esperanto, right, so I went into this film thinking, this is really cool, Esperanto was such a kind of humanist, um, like, universal project of people who were like, yes, let's make a universal language that's going to appeal to everyone. No, in reality, Esperanto is just Italian, written by someone who's never actually heard any Italian. Let's, to just to give you some context, the word for present is presentas, sweet is dolce, truth is verse, is estas, night, nocti, clean, puro, face, visagi, heart, coro, blood, sangre, and death, morte. I'm like, fuck off. That's just pig Latin. That is just pig Latin. I thought this was such a cool idea. In reality, turns out the person who wrote Esperanto actually didn't put any fucking effort in whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, 
Do you know what this feels like? It feels like a student film. Yes! Because, you know, like, it's like, oh, we'll film it in black and white, and oh, we'll do it in Esperanto, and it's like, you're making artistic decisions without reason. Like, Correct. you are, you know... Being you are... edgy for the sake of being edgy. And and I want to say to all of the various student projects out there, it's important that you make these mistakes. Um, <laughs> like, but you shouldn't release them on commercial cinema. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is unbelievable to me that like Conrad Hall is critically acclaimed for yeah, like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, when half of this film was just him filming through a fucking chicken wire fence that can and, and between tree branches. There's a whole scene where Kia runs off with Shatner and they go frolicking in the sea, and you can't see shit all because he's just filming a branch, and you can like make out the hazy black and white figures of people behind. I'm like. Stop! Stop filming places where people aren't in the shot. There's an entire conversation <laughs> between Kaya and her demon sister, where for some reason, first of all, they're not looking at each other. They only talk over each other's shoulders. Again, weird student artistic decision. But secondly, the camera is filming from a position roundabout the elbow of either person. So you could only see the <laughs> shoulder and then the top half of that person's face and their nostrils over the top of the shoulder. Like, I'm like, what? what? Oh my God, I'm sorry. But like everything, everything about this film, with the possible exception of Kaya as an actress, who I think was genuinely quite engaging, I'd say, and William Shatner's coat, right, two things. With the exception of Kaya, <laughs> William Shatner's very nice coat, Everything else about this film was fucking awful. It was genuinely yeah. <laughs> so awful that this, as a horror movie, I was in hysterical laughter for about 50 minutes because everything that happened was so batshit stupid, right? And then my emotions went from being super, super happy at how ridiculous everything was and how much I was just like laughing at the bizarre things happening on screen that made no sense like William Shatner just like rolling down a cliff and then just no then just yeah. being fine and no one questioning why that happened yeah absolutely to, to then suddenly everything just ending with no climax which left me infuriated I'm like I'm sorry I was promised I was promised murder I was promised sex these things are implied by the word incubus. I was expecting at least some nudity. I was, I was, I was promised the corruption and the raving and the howling and the weeping of William Shatner. And I've said this before, but what we got was a fucking goat. Literally yeah. a goat that licks the camera and then disappears. If, 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 uh, if. On the sexiness point, because I know that this is a this is a, an issue of concern to uh, all who uh, record and uh, and listen to red shirts. Um, if if I were to take off my chop and you were to slightly lower your robe so that you had a shoulder, Maddie, Jake would be experiencing the same level of sexiness as he did <laughs> earlier today when he watched the film. Because like when when the sister gets murdered, you see like. Her 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 like blouse boots. rip off and that's uh, uh, but you just see her shoulders as she's kind of dragged down and the incubus is not wearing a shirt and that is the most that the sex demons get their sex on like but the incubus is like covered you, in you mud you do get one the flash is covered in mud so you don't even you get... see anything and then when he like goes down to eat her or rape her or whatever it is that that's happening he just <sighs> pulls a face yes. Nathan's just widening his lips as though he's trying to get them like go hey and then get them and then like leans forward into the camera and that was it yeah he looks like he's trying to play the trumpet can we point out how much the incubus looks like me if I tried harder at life (laughs) what He's got my nose and like there's there's a particular scene where he's sort of looking a bit weird and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't remember being in this film in 1966. Is that just because the sister wife in this film, Jake, actually is medically and legally blind. (laughs) So (laughs) you're just looking at this black and white, blurry, 240pp (laughs) thing on YouTube and thinking, oh, is that me? (laughs) Um, <laughs> can we point out uh, as well, interesting fact, that 
the actor who played the Incubus uh, is an actor called Milos Milos, who uh, died in a murder-suicide about three <gasps> months after the That's film was so released. That's so exciting. That's so, actually better than the film. That, yeah, exactly. That's the only scary thing about this film, God. is that the, the, the one of the main actors in it went on to kill himself. Uh, and and his wife, uh, or, or no, and the mistress he was having an affair with. Oh my apparently. goodness, he um, actually had a really cool life. He and his friend, he was from a rich family, and his f- dad was the chairman of the Guild of Exporters in Yugoslavia. Then they had all their private properties confiscated by the Soviets. Then he got involved in street fighting and was hired by a gangster to fight and got $200,000 fighting for this gangster... And then he was found make dead that, in a make house that film. with his mistress. Wow. I'd, and his mistress was uh, someone who used to be married to Mickey Rooney. So, like, yeah, right. That is a better film. Make that film. I would watch that film, right? Cast William Shatner yeah. as Mickey Rooney. That would be excellent, right? But instead, we get, like you say, a fucking gout, right? Which... I found offensive, by the way, because I used to... You might not know this about me, but when I, I was in the 90s, I had a pet <laughs> goat, right? Um, this is 100% true. My family had a pet goat because, as I'm, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but my dad's disabled uh, and my parents moved into a house that had quite a lot of grass in the garden and he couldn't mow the lawn properly and my mum was out working too much. Um, so they thought as a workaround, they would buy That's a goat amazing. to keep the grass cut. That cross. is absolutely amazing. Um, I, I should point out that, that the theory was that the goat would eat the grass. The goat wasn't employed to push the lawnmower around. But, um, the yeah, and so I've got an affinity with goats now, right? I love goats. And whenever I see a goat, I'm like, oh, look at the cute goat. Oh, that's a lovely goat. Also, I know for a fact that goats would never... They would never be as reckless as the goat at the end of this film is. They'd just kill her. They'd skewer her with the head. With the little horns thing, it would just be over. Also, makes no sense. That goat is uh, a female goat that's had uh, uh, like male um, goat horns, horns stuck onto it. Because you can see it's a female goat. Uh, you can just tell if you're if you if you're into goats like I am. What are you, you talking about? Why you wouldn't can just, just tell. get a male goat, Jake? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because because goats don't have big horns like that and they wanted something scary looking that could like attack the I presume I've not found any proof of this because fucking knows I'm anything sorry. about this I'm film. sorry David but, Attenborough like, <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah they've just uh, stuck some fake horns onto onto a female oh my god this goat goat. then attacks Kaya right while she's lying on the floor of the church and it alternates between close up shots of the goat licking the camera which has probably just had like goat peanut butter put on it and going and then shots of Kaya on the floor making sex noises going ah ah as she like wrestles with these two goat horns that are obviously just on the end of a stick that someone's like poking at her breast I'm like just eat her just eat her why is the goat having such a hard time killing this woman who's so fucking useless she can't push it off her yeah to be be honest Maddie um, I felt much the same watching that scene as I did watching the scene in uh in the Calvin vs. Star Trek, where uh, Spock chokes out uh, Kirk on on the bridge, uh, while I was watching, because the the fight between the fight between the goat and Kaya is the only sexy is, bit of the film. Yeah, exactly. Fully erect. What? Fully erect. Right. Fully erect. I was tumescent. Right. It was the best bit of the entire what film. Right. What? Look, when you're into goats like me, <laughs> do they do they do like group therapy for, <laughs> for like podcasting yeah. comedy Look, collaborators? Because I know a lot of people that could benefit. The um, as far as I'm aware, was not an incubus. But this so, whole film is like, so tame, is the... right? It's so so tame. It is like the liberal Democrat version of Jennifer's body. Like, there's nothing. Promise like sex, nudity, incubi, succubi. Like rape and murder, and at the very least, William Shatner getting his eyes clawed out. And the only good thing that happens is William Shatner gets his face slightly scratched, and then he looks sort of rumpled and it's like, <gasps> gasp. 
Um, and that's the only good thing that happens. It's really, really disappointing. Yeah, and, and like I understand it was made in the 60s, but like The Exorcist came out in 1973. Yeah. It's only like seven or eight years later or whatever. And that's one of the best made films, best made horror films genuinely scary horror films that, yeah and that's its budget probably wasn't much bigger than this but this just looks awful like for like kaya is supposed to be <laughs> this incub- succubus from another realm from the demon realm and instead she's dressed exactly like twiggy out of jackie magazine she's like wearing <laughs> a beige yeah. i know it's beige like it's in black and white but you can fucking tell that it's beige a beige fringe <laughs> tunic that's kind of like oh you know like boho native american twiggy style and and that's it and then there's like nature <laughs> looks looks shit in black and white like it looks so shit like if i was a dog i just give up right because like everything looks so bad and then there's this 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 that bloke what dies that she like drowns in the sea right he dr- he drowns in the sea and then you forget about him because that's just supposed to be the opener to tell you Oh, this is what she does to men. She lures them to the sea yeah. with promises of nudity. No nudity, she just drowns them. It's really boring. Then, like, partway through the film, <laughs> it keeps cutting back to random snippets of his body, like, rolling backwards and forwards in the backwash. Yeah. <laughs> but we're... Like, just, it's like the, the director's just going, oh, don't, <laughs> don't forget, forget about this about guy. his body yeah. that's just rolling around. Remember? Remember when this film was good for the first two minutes? Remember but that? Like, why? Why is why is everyone in this film incapable of walking? That's a really important question because <laughs> everyone yeah, keeps falling I made a point over about this. all of the time. All of the time. Five different instances really? of people falling over in this film. I, I counted them. Five wow. different instances of people calling. For, one of them, I might be four. I can't decide because the, I can't decide if the bit where Shatner falls over in the river. <laughs> I can't decide if he does that yeah. on purpose as a flirting tactic or so if he actually does he fall over. over. I think it's a bit of both. My, my Right, now I know that we need to check this, but um, normally, obviously on Red Shirts, we create uh, Red Shirts headcanon every episode that goes into the, the Star Trek headcanon. Are we allowing headcanon from I this film we have it's to. not yeah. in the Star yeah. Trek universe? I think we have to as well. My theory for headcanon is that uh, none of those instances of people falling over were in the script. Uh, they just they just left them in because either they've run out, run of, out of film, like, they, they were running out of film, or they were like, "Oh, something has to happen. Like, there's got to be some action in this film. Let's let's have." I, I I don't even think when Shatner falls off that cliff. I don't even think that was in the script. I think he just fell off. I think he fell off a cliff. They kept they kept rolling. They kept rolling as he kept rolling, and then, and then they were like, "Yeah, we'll write that in somewhere, <laughs> right?" And then I think that's the thing because then Shatner's character gets up and he's like, he's, even though he's just fallen <laughs> off a cliff, right, an actual cliff onto a beach onto rocks on the bottom of a beach, he's fallen off an actual cliff. His hair is still perfect, and he has not not any scars or broken bones or anything. I think that is all real, and that Shatner's just a really hard lad. <laughs> Like, Shanna is not a hard lad. I think no. Sha- I d- <laughs> like I, I agree with your head, Cannon. I'll tell you who was a hard lad. Me watching <laughs> that goat. Speaking of like inappropriate sexual tension, okay, right. Why is Shatner and his sister in this film obviously fucking? Like it's <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the, right. the way it's so creepy. So it's like they live in a cottage. And she comes and like lays her head on his knee and is like, oh, my brother. And he gives her his like, you know, Captain Kirk gaze of like, just like staring with adoration into her eyes and stroking her cheek. And I'm like, it's like basically Hansel and Gretel. If Hansel and Gretel were also shagging and you wanted the witch to kill them instead of the other way around <laughs> when Kaya comes to their cottage. Because I was like, yes, please, st- please destroy this incestuous relationship by murdering one of them because this is just so fucked up yeah. but it's also made me realize a- like in hindsight i had this massive revelation that this completely explains why the original series of star trek turned out so massively and unintentionally gay because <laughs> the way that shatner <laughs> delivers all of his lines and plays his relationships with every single character in this film is exactly that kind of same, like, overly intense, like, platonic, well, not platonic, but, like, like ridiculously intense sort of affection 
Um, he's like completely incapable of acting platonically to anyone he's on screen with. He just looks like he's just looking at everyone like he wants to fuck everyone all of the time. He's trying to be so <laughs> stoic and intense that he delivers all of his lines as Shakespearean monologues, which, you know, like sounds good when you're Captain Kirk and you're on a planet, like saying to an alien, like Starfleet, we will not give him blah, 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 blah. But it's less good when you're saying to Kaya, we should join my body with your body. And like... <laughs> But, like, this is why he was trying to be, he's trying to be this, like, Cary Grant Hollywood Golden Age hero or something. But his acting is so affected. He just comes across like this dumbass intergalactic pansexual soft boy himbo. (laughs) So, actually, that's perfect for Jim Kirk. So, maybe that is why he got cast. Maybe they did see this film and think... That is the gay energy that we want on the Enterprise. (laughs) Well, that's a good point that we haven't really covered, is that this film was made uh, in 1965, released in 1966. It 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 just about doesn't overlap with Star Trek, but only by a few months, right? And and then he went on to make Star Trek the year that this was released. Um, So he wasn't even like a big name or anything. Yeah, I should fucking hope not. And yeah, I wonder how many people watched the first series of Star Trek and went, is that this <laughs> guy? Almost no one, Jake. I, was, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I just want to talk I, about I... the tactics employed by demons in this film yeah. for a minute, if you'll indulge me. Because, okay, right, like, they go, like, the Kia decides, oh, I want a bit of a challenge. And I did mock her earlier. Like, it seemed like she's getting a pretty, like, decent deal of... Like, she has to have one of the easiest seduction uh, spots in in the whole, like, hell economy, right? Like, all the other incubi and succubi are having to work hard to stalk the right areas of different places. She's got a well that literally attracts various people with vanity issues, and she's complaining, (laughs) right? And... So her, but for whatever reason, she wants a, a challenge, and her sister warns her that this challenge might be dangerous and that they have powers they don't understand. And the power so what of she dick. immediately does is encounter a church which she doesn't seem to like, and then goes, "Oh, I know where I'll tell this person that I came from a church." <laughs> and then when <laughs> she gets taken to a church is ill and injured because of it, and the sister is really angry with Mark, not the idiot <laughs> that said she was from the, the place that she's been warning her about. They go, oh, we'll summon a man to do this job. And this sexy incubus appears, and his immediate thing is, like, they draw the person they're really angry with away so the the incubus can kill this blind defenseless woman except he can't do that he throws he has to throw her to a bunch of other people and restrain the blind very weak uh weakened lady um in order to finally finish them get stabbed gets resurrected and goes oh i nearly killed um mark and uh kira in that last fight uh, what, what? How should I alter my tactic? I know. I'll go onto the holy ground that they're in and change. I'll change form. What should I change form into? A tiger? A, a, a massive hell demon? A dragon? No, I think a goat. A goat is the correct choice. <laughs> He's the shittest yes, incubus well. of all time. And then when he, I think he gets, he'd be more dangerous if he stayed <laughs> yeah. as a man. And, and when I think he gets goat. defeated at the end, that what the fuck? Is, like. The sister is just like, oh well, I'm, well, fair enough. They've defeated the incubus now. Like, it, like, like <laughs> the film seems to imply that like the goat disintegrates or something because he changes color, and <laughs> and then you just see the like couple like shocked and fine, and it's like, well, he was dying of his wounds. I don't know what the goat did to that lady, but but provably that incubus could resurrect itself. So like. It feels like you've you've stopped on a happy ending that isn't going to happen because there's like one demon that's just fine and the other demon that can come back from the dead. Like, yeah, essentially, the ending of this film is the hero dies, the the redemption character also dies, and we assume that the ghost <laughs> lives on to kill another day. I thought 
the right. goat died at the end, and I want, thought that I, I think want the a goat sequel. dies at yeah. the end. But the goat get the, the, the goat, i.e., the incubus, gets stabbed through the chest. Yeah. Then the only it's the only good scene yeah. that you the only good shot in the entire film that I actually genuinely enjoyed, not for hilarity purposes, but actually I was like, oh yeah, it's like William Shatner sort of bloodied and beaten, like clutching onto Kaya as they like lie on the floor of the church, like staring at the goat that's just attacked them, like. <gasps> but then immediately the goat just disintegrates but i don't really understand why i thought it just got bored and decided maybe it was just you know like oh shit i'm actually not a very good incubus am i i'll just you know i'll just go back to hell um it's ironic that he's not a very good incubus yet he turns into a goat which is greatest of all time (laughs) professional stand-up comedian jake Carlson. (laughs) Oh God! <laughs> um, can, you know, can the, I, the 2020 can I lack about... of gigs is showing on you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> can I talk about my favorite character in this entire film? Yeah, There's only sure. in one scene, right? Oh, is he it was, the priest you know, is uh, burying the uh, dead body? <laughs> yeah, right. So, <laughs> right. So it's the start of the film before Shatner turns up, and when Kia Kaya, whatever her name is, is like looking for a, a man to to who's part of the side of good yeah. to turn evil and drag to hell. And she thinks, all right, where will I find that? I'll go and find a clergyman, right? And he go- she goes and watches these clergymen, right? And before you find out that this clergyman is burying something evil and, like, he's a bit of a dickhead, uh, you-, you just see him. And the first thing he's doing is he's just walking around yes, sucking on so an egg. Strange. Right, like, <laughs> why? <laughs> why is that a thing? It's just, <laughs> just a bloke. Dressed in a like he's just like a monk walking around sucking on an egg, and that's supposed to be a big point of the film. Like, oh, I couldn't possibly drag him to hell because he sucks he's eggs. Like, he's <laughs> either him or his body. She's going around looking at all these monks and being like, "Oh, none of these will do." He's burying a dead body, like, but you only see it for half a second. So I had to rewind to make sure I'd actually seen it. Looking around furtively and then burying this dead body under. I kid you not, half a centimetre of leaf litter. Like, <laughs> the, most, the shittest, most half-ass yeah. burial of a dead body you've ever seen. And then there's yeah. a final monk who just looks around furtively and then turns the little figurine of Christ on the cross to face the tree. And I'm like, oh yes, in preparation of him performing some sin. But then the camera just immediately moves away. So I'm like, presumably he was about to wank off, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I assumed yeah. that's what that was, yeah. That's why like, I'm right. I'm getting Jesus. in early and saying that. I, I think this this might be the first episode in a long while where it's not immediately obvious which character tried yeah. to suck their own cock because like it, it, there were several different. Uh, well, we know we know uh, Mark has because he's a good Christian boy. Yeah, he but like. I reckon his sister yeah, definitely uh, yeah, and we know his we, cock we, for him. Like <laughs> Mark, I can't. Mark, we, I'm we blind. know that Mark's a good Please Christian character. Me. What's the, oh, what's that? Okay, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> please, please. That's that's bestiality, uh, incest. Is there any? Is there any other widely held sexual taboos you two would like to just take off the list? <laughs> well, um... <laughs> oh, um, there was no nudity in this film. The only nudity that we got. That, no, you see, see half one a boob, boob, and we see Christ naked on the cross. That, I was so starved for nudity yeah. by the time that it like, zoomed in on massive naked Jesus on the cross. And I was like, yes, at last, the chest and some nipples. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Is there such a thing as nudist sex? There must be, right? Yeah, Okay, so on that note, who's the, like, oh, who's on, the sexiest means... version of Jesus? Because <laughs> I would say, like, a pretty sexy version. Jim a pretty Caviezel. sexy version of Jesus, I reckon, is that Spanish one from that short film where it's like Christ versus zombies, and he has to defeat all of the. <laughs> hang on, hang on, what? Christ versus My God, zombies? It's so good! It's this amazing. Sh- it's this sound amazing- good, Maddie. <laughs> Sounds it's like the kind shit. Of film that Incubus nineteen sixty six. Wish it was right. It's a. It was a Kickstarter funded <laughs> B movie oh, horror project in which Jesus Amazing. resurrects Lazarus from the dead, but accidentally just resurrects him as a zombie. Lazarus then bites everyone in the village, including a load of Romans and a group of cowboys. Don't question it. Um, 
<laughs> turning them all into zombies. <laughs> And Jesus and Judas have to defeat the zombies by throwing fish at them because that's <laughs> because that's the only thing that Jesus can like create multiple versions of like over and over again. And it is oh, it's so good. Have you seen that I film mean, that, where zombies attack the East End? No. Yeah, so it's good. great. It's it's got it's got my favourite quote from a film ever in it where someone looks down at a zombie and goes uh, I'm a cockney <laughs> motherfucker and Cockneys then kills a zombie in the head or it's something. great yeah, Cockneys. there's also that it's, one where that, oh, I can't remember but like a zombie's on the ground or something and then it like bites It they think it's dead and then it bites like their ankle and then they just drop kick the head into like a, a billboard. It's oh, so good. Cockneys versus Zombies is the one where there's like a zombie at the old people's home, right? And the guy yes. on the Zimmer frame is running yes. away on his Zimmer frame at two meters per yeah. hour, and the zombie. Yeah, that's like, the film shuffling. that knows how bad it is. Right? Like, yeah, F- Fist of Jesus. Yeah. Fist. Everyone, go watch Fist of Jesus. I swear <laughs> to God, it is so amazing. And like. And it's like there's this Jesus. incredible scene where the zombie cowboy like staggers up with his pistol and he's like, ha! Solo tengo un pescado con amas. And then Jesus is like, no solo es un pescado, son dos. And then he starts whipping fish out of the sides of his cloak. <laughs> My God, it's enough to make me a believer again, I swear down. <laughs> oh, why didn't we watch Fist of Jesus? Because it has not been, this has barely anything to do with Star Trek. I mean, like I, I still think I would enjoy making a non-Star Trek podcast with you two. But while we are ostensibly a Star Trek podcast, we must at least have some relationship to Star Trek. Oh, um, I mean. <laughs> I, I have an actual point about this film when Jesus. Jake has got over Fist of Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, it's really funny. Okay. Why does everyone have stupid names that are nearly names in this film? Yes. We've got Kia, we've got Mark. Mark, by the way, is spelled M-A-R-C. Kia is like the car company. And then his sister yeah. is Andis. And I really, the autocorrect changed it to Aldi at several points in my I kept thinking like Arnica, you know, like what you put on your tongue. Like, yes. <laughs> like yeah. homeopathy or something. I don't, like, yeah, that's what I thought her name was. <laughs> uh... And the, the Lord of Darkness, who appears to be a giant sort of bat character, uh, kind of in covered up by smoke who whose voice is definitely just a pig squealing is that right? what it but was i uh, that's see at that point there's loads absolutely. of smoke they've set something on fire i've got no idea what it is i couldn't tell if it was a cottage if it was a wicker man if it was just like the movie set no that's the gate that's the gangster hell <laughs> There's just there's just billowing yeah. smoke covering this screen, and because everything's in black and white, I had no idea what was going on anymore. Just William Shatner staggering around <laughs> in the dark in a forest, and then this noise. So that was the Prince of Darkness, because I was going to complain that he never showed up in the film. Yeah, no, he's oh the Prince of Darkness is sort of like in the background, and he has a bit of a he, he sounds like a, no a pig idea. squealing, um, and that he, he's the one that they go to to ask for the. Resurrected. Resurrected or whatever. Yeah. I mean, look, Maddie, we're trying to find some form of sanity (laughs) and meaning and plot in this film that otherwise makes fuck all sense. Look, the main thing that, like, there's so much potential. I keep saying this. But all of the potential in this film was wasted. We could have had sex. We could have had nudity. We could have had horror. We could have had people being ripped apart. We could have had William Shatner's nipples. We didn't get any of those things. It was the most tame boy. We didn't even. We just got a swan snog between William Shatner and Kaya. And then... Which yeah. really and weird then he gives like this, it, you know, really aggressive monologue about how they should join their bodies together, and it's just really bizarre um, <laughs> and like not sexy at all. Like William <laughs> Shatner, just oh my god, he can't act. Okay, um, and then, <laughs> and, but then it just cuts to them like lying in the grass, and I'm like, I'm sorry, like 
we at least got to see Arnica's tit when she was having her clothes ripped off by the yeah. evil sex cult, but we don't even get to see Shatner take his shirt off. Like, I feel so betrayed. Do you think after this film, Shatner was like, I didn't even get to take my shirt off once. <laughs> this is terrible. And then, so when, when they started making Star Trek, he had it written into his contract. He was like, the last film I made was this thing called Incubus. And they said that I couldn't take my shirt off at any time. So uh, I wanted in every episode that uh, Did he do there's a rip in across my nipple in any episode where it's possible. And Star Trek, like... Yes, it, it actually, it feels... Yeah, he must have done. I think that this actually feels a lot like an episode of Star Trek for the first two-thirds of the film. Oh, yeah. It's like a cross between this side of paradise and City on the Edge of Forever. And then it just all descends yes. into goat madness. But, like, but like, uh, but there is this <laughs> like weird, surreal, mystical quality where there's just all these boring, boring shots of them, like, frolicking around in the meadows and on the beach with the weird music in the background, like, meow, 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 meow. Um, and it did feel like a kind of sort of, you know, slightly LSD, trippy episode of TOS. Um, but, oh, so sad. Yeah. yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I I I was watching it. I was like, "This is rubbish," but also like, it's not. It's not like offensively bad. It's just like, yeah, it's just not. I feel like I do have to stress that I did actually really, really enjoy myself watching it. Like much as I'm complaining about it, I I genuinely was trying to stifle my laughter because I was on a train and I didn't want to laugh too loud. But I was genuinely hysterically laughing every time William Shatner did something stupid, which was literally every time he appeared on screen. (laughs) Every time someone fell over, every time someone like smashed into a chicken wire fence, (laughs) every time it cut to the guy rolling about in the sea. (laughs) I did, I was like, my my feeling of anger and resentment at how anticlimactic the end is, was reflected in the last thing I've written on my notes was all capitalised, zero out of ten, fuck this film and fuck whoever uploaded it onto the internet. But all of my notes before that are just all caps. Ah, what the fuck is happening? Why is this so fucking stupid? I would just, I, w- I would urge listeners to try and watch it on YouTube because it's it's free. If you type in Succubus Night, uh, sorry, Incubus Night, I don't even know the, name of the film, <laughs> that's how bad it is. Um, if you type in Incubus 1966, uh, it's the first thing that comes up on uh, YouTube and it's like an hour and a bit long. Um, so, you, you know, go and watch it and see what we mean. Like, I mean, th- my favourite bit is the last bit where the goat... It's the final thing that you see. And it's supposed to obviously be like, you can tell that the director wanted it to be a sort of menacing kind of like, ooh, goat, evil goat sort of ending bit. Yeah, well, that's my point, right? So it shows you the goat's face and it freezes and then it goes like, yeah, it goes into sort of like a, um, like a negative colour scheme kind of thing of this goat and it's staring at you and it says, it says Fino on it, like which presumably is end in uh, in Italian, in Esperanto, or I don't know, or either that, or they're just a big fan of those sides that you get from uh, Nando's. But um, <laughs> but yeah, and it comes up, but like, and it's supposed to be like a, a haunting kind of like, ooh, the nature of the beast. Ooh, what do we know? Maybe the goat's gonna come after you. Ooh, evil goat. Why? Right. But, but <laughs> why would the- yeah but it doesn't work like that and also if you just if you watch that again but if you imagine a goat noise <laughs> over the top of it when it happens yeah if you watch it but imagine oh, no, Maddie no, no, going no, 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 baby goat that goes it's the yeah. most funny thing yeah <laughs> yeah or the Taylor Swift goat I it's- knew you were trouble when you walked in now I'm lying on the cold hard ground <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I would love if somebody listening to this could just d- dub the end. Of- Can you imagine the end of the film? He right. Going, ah, the exact the film ah, is exactly the same. Ah, with the goat, the, the film, <laughs> like motorboating her tits. The film is exactly ah. the same as it is that. <laughs> I would love it if the film was exactly the same as it is that we've just watched it all the way through. It gets to the end. You get to the bit where the goat. Uh, freezes and it goes uh, it, it goes inverted colour scheme and then just 
<laughs> I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> that that just know. played at the end, and like the the, the closing credits was just that. That song. reminds me of a point I was going to make. Actually, just to vaguely relate this to Star Trek, we know that William Shatner is definitely not James Kirk here, or he's gone on some kind of orientation by Starfleet. If this is James Kirk putting out like a horror novel or something, because he definitely would have sex immediately with Kira. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, that that was my uh, my head headshirts red cannon. Yeah, that was that was my headshirts red cannon. My red shirts cannon. Yeah, my dread shirts head cannon is um, dread cannon. Going with that, God, I would love to be called the dread cannon. Sounds That'll like a shitty cool judge nickname. dread, like <laughs> like yeah. <you> <laughs> my anyway. My dread cannon is that this entire film is uh, actually. A, um, it's actually all happening oh on the holodeck God. of the Enterprise, and this is it's Kirk, and he's gone into it to see. This I don't is know, his maybe fantasy. He's been affected. His fantasy is to be. Yeah, maybe to his this sister. is his fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It's not the least Kirk thing. I mean, heard, is he it? is Marco Polo. He is like a really, he is a really shit soldier, right? Because he's apparently a war hero who's yeah. never actually killed anyone. I'm not really sure how yeah. that works. So, mate, that does sound like quite a gym's thing to have. Like some hollow deck where he gets to be a war hero, but he's actually never actually killed anyone. Yeah. He just gets to walk around in a forest and look at some nice, look at a nice goat. <laughs> can, I, can I just check something? Right. You know how uh, the, the, when they're having the fight, when, when Jim Kirk and the... Uh, and Jim was seconds from throwing his butt at the Incubus's face because that would be like true Shatner yeah. fighting. <laughs> and, and they they go, oh, don't kill him. Let him yeah. bloody his soul by killing you, by committing murder. So was their plan all along to just have the Incubus die? <sighs> so did, they, did they basically go resurrect the Incubus, go... All right, Inky baby, uh, I've got a job for you. How do you feel about getting stabbed in the chest by uh, Starfleet captain? Um, and then he's gone. Yeah, sure, mate. Whatever. Whatever. I thought. Uh, I thought he... they'd resurrected the Incubus to seduce Jim because that's what Incubuses do. That's their job. Yeah. Another yeah, wasted no, opportunity. That would be way too sensible. <laughs> Uh, we should probably. Yeah, that would that would that would be like someone that had an actual <laughs> thought while writing this film. We should probably yes, wind up, guys, because we're we're running towards the end. But I've had so much fun doing this Halloween <laughs> special. Um, it's uh, we, I promise, listeners. Next week we'll be back to Star Trek again. But uh, it's Ghost, right? It's, like, it's a nice probably... interlude. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we won't be going too far from Star Trek. Again in the future, but we thought as a special, uh, we would would look at this. I mean, I, I would I would like to say that uh, <coughs> as much as we've sort of talked shit about this film for the last hour or so, um, like it did pave the way, I suppose, for Star Trek to exist. How? Uh, in that, How? In that, <laughs> Maddie, stop letting that. <laughs> um, I was I was just trying to come up with a positive thing to end. I on, don't so think it was like a terrible film. Sandwich. I can come up with some positive. I think it was. It's the kind of experimental cinema that I wish there was more room for in the modern era. Because you know for sure that in the modern era of commercial cinema, in the way that it is, and the reboots and the safety and the franchises, this film would never have been made. And yeah, it's not fantastic, yeah. but this is the kind of shit that you need to exist and to allow to happen and the kinds of experiments you need to allow people to do so that cinematographers like um, whatever his name is um, Conrad Hall. Conrad, Conrad. Um, can go make Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids so that films like Citizen Kane can end up being made because at the moment media, like you know, it's happening in Star Trek and, and you know, I great, more Star Trek, that's great but you know, if someone did a really experimental sci-fi film, I'd go see it. Like, I'd go see it. I might I might yeah, conclude sure. it was shit. I might conclude it's the next best Star Trek. But fucking, it's better than it not being made. Like, you know, 
The, oh my uh, god! Yeah. The spirit, yeah. Nathan. Why do you consistently bring actual intelligent takes to this podcast? <laughs> sort of my job. <laughs> Nathan's here to provide. That was balance. actually so heartfelt. Is, it's making me feel fucking guilty for everything <laughs> I've just said for the last two hours. <laughs> it's all right, Maddie. Just the, the goat's not going to get you. you so like, wanting more of this kind of experimental filmmaking and thinking this film is shit, uh, there are still opinions that you can <laughs> you can hold simultaneously, Maddie. Because I do. Um, <laughs> look. Look, we're gonna we're gonna end we're gonna finish uh, talking about Incubus. Um, we're gonna uh, we're, we're we're giving up the goat. That's where I'm going. Um, so, but next week I'm excited. We're, we're gonna uh, come back and talk about Star Trek again. Keep subscribed to the podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your uh, podcasts from. Tell a friend as well if you think that they'd like it, even if they're not into Star Trek. I, we, the majority of the listeners we have now apparently so, aren't into so Star bizarre. Trek, which <laughs> make. It, yeah, it, how do you come across this podcast if you're not interested in Star Trek? I don't know. We at love all, you though. Anyway. Don't go away, please. Don't. We like, love you. We do we love, love you. All please of our stay. Listeners. Tell your mwah, friends. Moi, Apart from yes. you, yeah, you, you know who you are. Um. Don't like you. <laughs> um, no, we love you all, uh, and. Yeah, so please tell a friend, give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. That will always help. Um, and as always, you can contact us on the Facebook. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't. You can contact us on the Twitter or the Instagram at RedShirtsCast, or you can send us an email, redshirtscast at gmail.com. Um, and otherwise, uh, all that's left to say is thank you and goodbye and live long and prosper. Bye. 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 Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. Spooky.